Ohayo gozaimasu, konnichiwa, konbanwa, whenever you're listening to the show. Welcome to the first full episode of the Joshi Pod, the podcast that brings you all things Japanese women's wrestling, Joshi wrestling. I'm your host, my name is Eric Howard, coming to you from beautiful San Diego, California. On the show today, we'll go over all the headlines in the world of Joshi wrestling, review some of the happenings in the shows this past week. Uh, it's a great week to follow Joshi wrestlers on social media. Uh, Halloween looks like so much fun in Japan. Stardom had their annual Mask Fiesta show this week, and pretty much every other show, Joshi show, had uh, wrestlers in amazing costumes. Uh, we'll take a look at the upcoming shows for the week as well. Uh, there's big shows for Seedling, and DDT has a giant show at Sumo Hall with a bunch of the Tokyo Joshi Pro women in prominent matches. Finally, I'm very thankful to have a very special interview with Jim Valley from the Wrestling Observer website. We'll chat about his trips to Japan, partnering with Fumi Saito on the Pacific Rim podcast. Uh, Jim, Fumi, and Dave Meltzer did a great show on the Bushi Road acquisition of stardom. And we'll also talk about Jim teaming with Fumi on the commentary team for America Dream 2019, stardom in New York back in April during WrestleMania weekend. Uh, you can get that show on the Fight app still. Before we talk to Jim, let's get into some news. It's been both good and bad for the cutest wrestler in the world, Maki Ito, lately. She recently won the Tokyo Joshi Pro uh, Women's International Princess Championship by beating Yuna Manase. Uh, nobody that's held that belt has defended it successfully. Let's see if she can break that streak. Uh, <laughs> on the bad note, Maki Ito also had her bicycle stolen recently. Uh, maybe Chris Brooks, who just joined the Ito Respect Army, can uh, help her find it. Uh, more bad news for Ito, Nightshade from the UK will be touring Japan in November uh, for Tokyo Joshi Pro. She'll be challenging Ito for that International uh, Princess Championship on November 16th. Ryo Mizunami has left Pro Wrestling Wave after seven years. Her final match with the promotion will be November 1st. Some of you are familiar with her as she appeared at AEW's Double or Nothing show. She really is a great performer. I saw her on a Wave and Seedling shows last month. Uh, she'll be a great addition to any roster in Japan. Stardom needs to add some depth through their roster, and Mizunami would be a great veteran to work with some of the uh, younger Stardom performers. Uh, speaking of stardom, Hannah Kimura's on the latest uh, season of Terrace House, a reality show which is currently airing in Japan. It should be on the U.S. version of Netflix in early 2020. No spoilers, but I understand it gets uh, a little steamy. And Jungle Kiona and Konami make cameos also. Finally, Gato Move recently announced they'll be closing their Thailand branch in November. Emi Sakura has done so much for the wrestling business in Asia. She'll continue running her Gato Move promotion in Japan. Now let's take a look at last week and highlight the show of the week. The highlight show of the week is one of the things I love most about Joshi Wrestling in uh, Japan. Uh, it's the super shows that come together to celebrate the years of service in the ring. This past week, there was a show at Kurikan Hall celebrating Kayori Yonayama's 20 years in the wrestling ring. The show was put on by the YMZ promotion, which Yonayama owns, and uh, featured wrestlers from Stardom, Oz Academy, Gato Move, Pure J, and more. Yonayama made her debut in November of 1999. She's held titles in most of the Joshi promotions. She's currently a freelancer, but does appear regularly on stardom shows as Death Yamasan. Uh, Yonayama appeared three times on the show. Uh, one as Death Yamasan, she teamed with stardom's Tokyo Cyber Squad mates Hanakamura and Jungle Kiona. She later teamed with Aja Kong and Hiro Matsumoto. In the main event, she teamed with Yumiko Hata, Hikaru Sato, and Makoto. From the clips of the, and pictures of the shows on social media, it looks like a really, really fun show. That's last week's shows. Now let's look ahead to next week's shows.
As I mentioned, Pro Wrestling Wave will have already run a show by the time you hear this on November 1st at Shinkiba Ring. Uh, it's also the start of their next tournament, which Shuri Kondo's in. On November 2nd, Seething has a big show in Kanagawa. It's going to be headlined by Arisa Nakajima and Nanae Takahashi in a hair match. I expect Nanjima, uh, Nakajima to leave with the uh, belt and uh, Nanae to leave bald. Kaho Kobayashi, Asuka, Hiroyo Matsumoto, and Yoshiko are some of the names on the card. Also on November 2nd, uh, Gato Move will be running Ichikaya Chocolate Square, my favorite place to watch wrestling. Uh, the shows are always a lot of fun. I will do a feature episode on Gato Move at some point. Hopefully we'll see some more Lulu Pencil and Sayako, Sayaka Obihiro. Uh, the biggest show of the week, though, is the DDT show November 3rd at Sumo Hall. Mini Tokyo Joshi Pro performers will be on the card. Uh, Yuki Kamafuku and Mina Shirakawa are going to be in a battle royal. Maki Ito, Nadoka Tenma, and Yuki Aino will be in a gauntlet tag team match. A uh, match I'm really looking forward to. Saki-sama and Misao defend their Princess of Tag Team titles against Rika, Tatsumi, and Miyu Watanabe. I think we're going to see a title change there. I'm a big fan of Rika. Uh, in the Princess uh, Championship match, Yuki Sazaki faces Shoko Nakajima. Uh, one of the big main uh, events on the show is going to be Kenny Omega teaming with Riho to face Miyu Yamashita, who's absolutely amazing, and the great Antonio Honda. Before I talk about this match, I have to mention Honda's match recently with Lulu Pencil at Gato Move. I'll put a link on the, on the notes for the show. Uh, take a couple minutes to watch it. I, I really can't wait to see Omega and Yamashita go at it. Uh, this is going to be a pretty long show, so I hope the crowd still has enough energy to, to blow the roof off when these two tear it up. Uh, November 3rd, Ice Ribbon and Actress Girls have shows in uh, Osaka, and Marvelous is running Shinkiba. On Monday, November 4th, which is a holiday in Japan, Stardom will be running a daytime show at Korokan Hall. The show will be a headline by B. Priestley defending her World of Stardom Championship against Mayu Itani. It's Priestley's sixth defense of the belt. Arisha Hoshki will defend her Wonder of Stardom Championship against Jamie Hayter. Uh, big nights for the foreigners on that card. Now let's take a look where the Joshi wrestlers are performing abroad. AEW continues to feature many current and former Joshi stars in their weekly program. Riho, still the women's champion. Emi Sakura appeared and won on AEW Dark this week. She's great. Uh, if you see her live, sing along with her. I, I love her Freddie Mercury-inspired uh, outfits. And uh, yeah, sing along with her. We will, we will rock you. We will, we will rock you. <laughs> Hikaru Shida also premiered on AEW Dynamite this week. She looked tremendous. Uh, when I spoke with her in September, she said she'd be living in both the U.S. and Japan. Uh, she'd be making her residence in, in Florida. From Tokyo Joshi Pro, Yuka Sakazaki looks like she'll be coming in for some dates with AEW in December and January. Uh, Rio's gotten over so so popular so quickly. Uh, I think the same thing could happen with uh, Sakazaki. I hope they don't feud him too quickly. I'd like to see them build up to that a little bit. On the WWE side, Io Shirai will be at the War Games uh, on the next NXT special. She looked amazing against Candice LeRae this week, and she got the... Uh, the intro music live, which was pretty awesome. Uh, also saw that great Kyrie Sane Asuka video on uh, NXT with the baby metal music. That was pretty cool. Uh, it's good to see those two on TV more consistently. And Indiegogo was set up recently to help cover the costs for a Joshi show in Italy. The show is called Rising Slam. 
It's a non-profit project to introduce Japanese women's wrestling to the European market. The show's set for November 9th. They have some real fun talent, so it should be a great show. Makoto Saki, uh, who I saw at some Gato Move shows, she's kawild. Uh, Tei Honma, Tsukishi, and uh, one of my favorites, Rina Yamashita, she's awesome, uh, are all making the trip to Italy. Uh, there are perks available to those that contribute. Uh, if you'd like to contribute, visit Indiegogo.com and search for Rising Slam. I'll also put a link in the... Uh, podcast notes uh, looking ahead a little bit december 7th and 8th tam nakano and mayu Vitani from stardom uh, will be appearing the chara expo in anaheim california it'll be nakano's first west coast appearance they'll be wrestling sumi sakai and nicole savoy uh, sakai is a veteran who lives in the u.s now and appears on ring of honor shows savoy is out of california she's done some tours with stardom in the past uh, she's also the current shimmer champion uh, hiro matsumoto uh, said some really nice things about Sav- uh, savoy when i chatted with her recently this is one of the bushi road stardom uh, combinations so it's, it'll be kind of neat to see if uh, more of the bushi road events in the u.s will uh, they'll bring some more of the uh, the women from stardom over before we get to the main event of the show, our interview with Jim Valley, I want to thank you guys again for downloading and listening to the Joshi Pod. You can follow me on Twitter at Eric San Diego or follow the show at the Joshi Pod. You can also email the show at thejoshipod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your feedback. Please rate, review, and uh, subscribe on wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, enjoy the interview with Jim, and we'll talk to you next week. You'll recognize his voice from Wrestling Observer Live, the Portland WrestleCast, the Pacific Rim Podcast with Fumi Saito. Uh, welcome to the show, Jim Valley. Thanks for joining me, Jim. Oh, it's my pleasure, man. Thank you. How I, look, I, how did I get so many podcasts? I don't even know. I, I, I feel like sometimes I'm like everywhere and I'm like, yeah, I, I'm, I would get sick of me sometimes. So I'm sorry, Eric, for all the podcasts. No, I love them. I mean, they all, oh. they all offer something different so it's great i mean i'm from san diego and like my earliest childhood memories are like watching uh, roddy piper and moondog maine and all those guys so i love listening to the portland wrestlecast to hear about that and then the pacific rim podcast i mean fumi is one of the premier wrestling journalists in the world and uh, it's, it's real neat to have a japanese or an english-speaking japanese person with the inside knowledge and a japanese perspective on wrestling i mean the japanese perspective on wrestling is so different than the us and it's it's real nice for you two to put a show together I- explaining that and, and passing out knowledge you know when fumi came to me we we were in japan i met him in 07 i was my wife and i we traveled quite a bit and we went to tokyo disneyland which by the way if you haven't been it's awesome particularly tokyo disney sea the other sister park that's in uh, the Tokyo Disney Resort. But, um, you know, back then it was really hard to figure out where the shows were. I mean, it's so much easier now with technology. But back then I didn't know. So I emailed Dave and Dave was like, here, talk to this guy. And so I got in contact with Fumi and he had some ideas. But he goes, hey, why don't you meet me and we'll, we'll go out. And he was so nice. You know, the first night he's taken us to Ribera Steakhouse and he's taken us here and taken us there. He didn't even know us. He didn't have to do that. And, you know, we've stayed in contact ever since. And then when we went back in 17, he was like, look, everyone's doing podcast. I need to do a podcast. You know, I really care about all of this information. And I think that's one thing that comes across with the shows is that Fumi has got a passion for this and the knowledge. I mean, even if he wasn't into wrestling, he would still be into passing down the knowledge of whatever he had expertise in. And he recognized that 
podcasts are the way to get that information out right now. And, you know, he knew that I knew how to do it and he knew me and I, I don't know, liked me or trusted me or whatever. But, you know, so that's how the whole thing started. And, you know, it's it's been a lot of fun in the sense that, you know, I should have probably known who Fumi was. I mean, he's huge in Japan. He's huge in a lot of wrestling circles everywhere, but maybe not necessarily to the general fan audience in the United States. So that's been awesome that so many people now have seen what, what I see and how cool he is and how knowledgeable and passionate, how passionate he is. And I just love that he lived in America. America. So you hear kind of the the lexicon a little bit of American the American influence in his English speaking. So it's kind of neat to see. You know, um, his his wife um, would always say that you wish you would always tell him that you know you wish you were American, and she, you know, teases him about that. Um, you know, I kind of joke that before I met him, you know, we were waiting in the lobby of our hotel. And we're like, you know, which guy that's going to come through? Is that Fumi? Is this Fumi? And, you know, here comes this guy at the time who had a long ponytail, who had a jeans jacket with the sleeves cut off and like a Metallica T-shirt or something like that who comes in. It's like, you know, who, you know, who knew? I, I literally didn't know what to expect, but, you know, I certainly didn't expect that. And that's just that's just, you know, he's cut off his hair now. And uh, but he's still the, the, the same guy. And that's awesome. That's awesome. So you've made a couple of trips to Japan. Yeah, I've been. Uh, I've been four times. I've been twice this year. Have you seen any Joshi wrestling shows while you're in Japan? Just the stardom shows. We saw two, three stardom shows. Um, we've seen a couple. We saw the two on like uh, January 2nd and 3rd this year at uh, Shinkiba First Ring. Um, I love that place. Oh my, that is, what a cool business idea. Um, for those who don't know, it's just this arena, maybe 300 ish people and every pro promotion of a certain size just goes out and uses it. And it's pretty much just, you hang up your banners or whatever, and everything else is there from the lighting sound system, the ring, everything. It's just kind of just add water and boom, you've got yourself a wrestling event and everybody uses it. And it's also used for training and, and other things, but you know, what a great idea for a business when you consider how many promotions there are in Tokyo alone. You just wish something like that would happen in America, but it just, it, it's just different. Japan is just different. Well, I just don't know that there's an area that where the economics would necessitate it. I don't know that there's one city where you can go, yeah, we've got this many viable promotions that will continuously run and, they need a spot. I just, I don't know that there's an economic engine there. That's true. That's true. So uh, tell me how you met up with her, how you got in, hooked up with stardom. Through Fumi. Um, you know, Fumi has, I look, I'll be honest. I mean, he, you know, he's in wrestling. I do not consider myself in wrestling. I have done things in wrestling. But on a day-to-day -day consistent basis and any money I've made, I don't consider that to the level where I would consider myself in wrestling. You know, even doing Observer regularly, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong on that. Maybe you see it differently, but that's the way I see it. Uh, so he, you know, you see his Facebook and his Twitter. You know, he's out sometimes having, you know, a drink with Sam Adonis or he's out with <laughs> KJ Muto or, you know, Rossi Ogawa, and he's known Rossi for, for a very long time. And Rossi, obviously, was a creative force of all, you know, involved with all Japan women. And the heyday of 
Bolacano and Aja Kong and you know all of the legends of all Japan re- all Japan women's wrestling. Jim, I still have a crush on on Bull Nakano, just so you know. That makes two of us. <laughs> um, you know, I got to do karaoke with Bull. I know. No, don't don't rub it in. Yeah, that was that was pretty <laughs> awesome. Yeah, that was that was one of my goals when I went to Japan. But I guess she closed her bar down before I got there. So. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's there's another one of Fumi's Fumi's great friends, Bull Bull Nakano. I mean, he was nice enough to have her show up. That was that was pretty cool. And then, you know, she just started singing karaoke and she like waved me over and I'm like, yeah, I'm singing karaoke poorly with Bull Nakano. <laughs> What'd you sing? Uh, we sang she chose Madonna like a prayer. Did you know the words? Well, I knew the words. I just couldn't carry that tune. <laughs> I, I tried karaoke. I tried karaoke in Japan, and they had the kanji lettering on the screen. And I was, I was lost. I was like, "Oh." Well, and you know, I haven't seen this everywhere, but somehow the machine rates your performance, like your rhythm, and it maybe if you match the key and how many words you get out. I'm assuming that's what it does. And you know, I, I there are probably very few <laughs> songs that I could do well, but yeah, I that song. But when Bolacano asks, you've got to go. How did she sound? You know, she she did better than me. I don't know that how much I was focused on her vocal quality in that moment. I think it was more like, <laughs> I am doing karaoke standing next to Bull Nakano. How amazing is that? <laughs> Once in a lifetime, right? Yeah, right. Okay, so you're you're with your you've okay. made a partnership with Fumi now. How yeah, did it turn so... into how did it turn into doing the play by play at the uh, pay per view? So. I had heard, he had talked to me about it. Um, I guess it must've been right when I got to Japan. Um, because I had, you know, packed everything, just grabbed a bunch of wrestling shirts and t-shirts and just kind of very casual stuff. I didn't really treat it like a business trip in my packing. And when he told me about this, you know, how can I put this? Um, because of wrestling and because of the way it is and its history, you know, you don't, when you are dealing in wrestling, you don't want to look like a mark, um, whether you are one or you're not. And I'm not saying I'm not, I probably am one, but <laughs> I had, you know, if he would have told me ahead of time about this, I would have packed completely different. And I was like, oh my gosh, I now have nothing to wear. And I think I ended up wearing the same clothes that I wore on the plane a few times because they were just like regular shirts. And it was the best that I had because my concern was if I showed up wearing wrestling t-shirts that they would look bad, they would reflect badly on me and reflect badly on Fumi because perhaps I would look like a mark. I can't say that that would or wouldn't have happened. I'm just saying that's a thing in wrestling. Mm-hmm. so um he told me about it when we got there and i was like so this is gonna happen he goes you know i don't know i don't know but it was it was very likely so you know part of this in my mind was going there and and having rossi look at me and you know probably size me up as far as wrestling goes <laughs> and you know also talk to one of his right hand guys a guy named Sonny, who is the coolest guy um, he is American and he was in the, the military and ended up in Japan and somehow he fell into being, you know, one of Rossi's right-hand dudes. 
super cool guy. I, I can't speak highly of him enough from the job he does to just really nice guy. So, you know, we hit it off and, you know, I didn't know a great deal about stardom. I was aware. I knew a few players, but, you know, I was, you know, just a very shallow knowledge at best. I mean, there's so much wrestling, you know, like anybody, there are a lot of gaps in my knowledge. And so, you know, watching this, I had to get up to speed on it. And, you know, so basically, you know, I didn't know for sure that we were going to do the pay-per-view probably for another few months, maybe another month or two, but it didn't matter. I still had to go and get ready. So literally, uh, from the time I knew in January to whenever the pay-per-view was literally all I did was eat, sleep and drink stardom and study stardom and not just what was happening now, but get some history. And also, you know, a lot of the, the foreign women who were on the show, um, Zoe sky dust, a session moth Martina, um, and you know, Britt Baker, um, a lot of other women who were on the show, I had to do that. And, you know, for example, I couldn't find out a lot um, about Dust and Zoe Sky. So I literally had to message her and go, hey, I'm doing the pay-per-view. Can, I had a couple of questions. Can you help me out on a couple of things? And she was very nice and and was able to to help me out on that. So um, it was it was really cool. I mean, Stardom is a really good product. I, I like it a lot. It almost reminds me of like old school American wrestling where they hit each other really hard in safe places. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, I mean, it is just a wrestling product. I mean, even though there were people that I hadn't seen before, you could still go and understand people. Like, I don't know if she's full-time, maybe, maybe with Bushy Road, maybe she will full, she'll be full-time, maybe she's not. But I love uh, Natsu Samire. Oh my gosh, she is amazing. She is so brilliant. Um, you know, she is not maybe the best athlete in stardom or puts on the best matches, but she is an excellent communicator and a brilliant comedian at times. She's hard not to watch. When I was there in September and she was one of the seconds outside the ring, she's hard not to watch because she's just doing something at all times. I mean, she... I, you know, I was like, who is this woman? I mean, okay, she's dressed up. Is she, is she a dominatrix? <laughs> is she, you know, is she a vampire? What, what, you know, what, 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 what is she portraying here? And I knew she was a heel. And on January 2nd, she's getting ready to lock up. Um, maybe it was Saya Ida. I forget who it was, but right before she locks up, she pulls away and goes over the crowd and goes, happy new year. <laughs> And the crowd goes, Happy New Year. And I'm like, wait, is she a baby face? What, what is she? Wait, hang on. And then, you know, then she goes over to the other part of the crowd. Happy New Year. <laughs> and she went to all quarters and did it. And the whole crowd was going crazy. Then she she's was. getting ready to lock up again. She pulls away again and does the whole thing. She milked that for probably eight minutes. And just like anything like that, it ran the gamut from hilarious to, okay, stop now. Okay, really stop now. And it's hilarious again. It's so old school. I mean, that is so, she so old school, you know? It was so funny. 
<laughs> oh my gosh. And she's done, you know, she's done other things where, you know, I remember there was a, there was a match, maybe it was in, um, uh, Nagano, I forget where the match was, but she was in there again with Saya, Ida, and maybe Ruka. And she comes out and she's like, look, you know, I'm not a babysitter. You know, how old are you? And, oh, I'm 10. I'm, you know, nine. And, yeah. I'm not, I'm not running a daycare here. And, you know, she's like, I'm done with this. I'm not, I'm not doing this. And, you know, then they go, well, well, how old are you, grandma? And it just, and then of course she reacts to it because, you know, in the ring, she's very vain and she's super pretty, but obviously she's portraying someone who believes that she is prettier than, than she really is. And then she used that to gain advantage in the match as a heel. And she's just she is one of my favorite characters and one of my favorite performers in all of wrestling because she's, you know, she's willing to play the fool and she's willing also to use this comedy, not just for laughs, but to, to gain an advantage as a heel. So I just love her. I, I made a point to go over and meet her when I was over there in September. Cause I, I really wanted to, to meet her and, and, and uh, have a quick chat with her. She's a sweetheart lady too. Yeah. And I know that, you know, because she's not full time, I know that, you know, sometimes when I, when I talk about stardom, some people would kind of go, Hey, you know, maybe, maybe focus more on the full-time people. <laughs> it's business. It's just business. So had you done play by play before Did you, before you did yes. that? Yeah, Where have I you have. Done? Um, you know, I did it here around, I've done it in the Northwest for years. Okay. Um, and, and I actually, um, in 2003, I WWE flew me out for an audition Wow! and um, I did the audition and there was another guy they flew out at the same time. And we both met there and, you know, took the same town car to the hotel and did the audition on the same day at different times. And he was told earlier than I was that he wasn't getting the job. And then I was told right before they announced that Todd Grisham got the job. So there may have been other candidates. There may have not been, but I always joke that I took second to Todd Grisham. <laughs> not a pl- bad place to be. <laughs> so when you were doing, uh, when you were doing your research and, and looking into the stardom, who, who stood out to you? Besides not the, fir- um, the first thing that stood out to me was, you know, just that, it is a wrestling promotion and it's a well-balanced wrestling promotion. Uh, you know, you see people who are on their way up. You see people who have been around a long time and they're filling roles. You see the main events, you know, they, you know, like I said, there's comedy, there's serious, there's it's in that regard. It's a really well-balanced product. Um, the people that stood out, um, you know, it's no secret that I love the prime minister Kagetsu. <laughs> she may be, she's in the running for the most underappreciated best wrestler in the world. As far as her ability, you know, she is able to, when she needs to have a great match, she has a great match. And when she doesn't need to kill herself, it's still a great match. Um, you know, when she needs to be fearful, She's not overly fearful to where it harms the character. She is always puts in the appropriate everything at the right time. And she may be so good at it. That may be a reason that she's overlooked. Uh, I just think she is 
She is brilliant. As do I. Hey, there's a force in stardom named Hannah Kimura. I mean, how, yeah. how popular, how big, how big can Hannah get? Okay, so I assume everyone listening has knows about Joshi wrestling and knows the names, but just by chance, if your family or someone else is listening, you know, right now in wrestling with, with, with WWE going to Fox and there was all this talk of, Oh, they're on a network. So there's going to be this whole new excitement and this whole new craze of wrestling. And we're going to another golden era. And I just didn't see it. You know, what, what's the draw? Is it Brock Lesnar? Is it Roman Reigns? Is it, what's going to be the spark? You know, in the past it was Hulk Hogan or Steve Austin or the rock or the NWO there, there was something. And I don't see that something in WWE, but with Bushi road now buying stardom, you can see that it wouldn't be just the platform. If Bushi Road, if Stardom was just going on like Stardom and Bushi Road got and bought Stardom, it would still be a story. But you're like, yeah, maybe people will like Stardom more. I don't know. But Hanakamura, you know, when she came out and I saw her, I was like, oh my gosh, who is that? And make no mistake, she's very pretty. She's a very pretty human being. But a lot of there have been a lot of pretty men and women who have not gone anywhere in wrestling. She has a charisma. She has that intangible. She is a star. And it doesn't hurt that she's second generation and she grew up all around wrestling. So she also she must understand everything. See, I um, like in her. I like in her like a Ken Griffey Jr. who spent time in around baseball and just just had it from the get-go. You know, I think she just has it from the get-go. That's a fantastic analogy. That is a fantastic analogy. And, and had Ken Griffey maybe been on the Yankees instead of started on the Mariners, um, maybe his life, you know, maybe his career would have done a different, taken a different level. But Hanukkah you know, stardom, as you know, you know, they'll draw 300 at Shinkiba. They have their tour that they do you know, quite frequently, they'll draw 600 here. They'll draw 300 there, 700. They'll go once a month to Corican for their main show and draw 700, maybe 1,100, things like that. They're doing fine. I don't think anybody is getting rich. People are making a living. They're doing fine. But Hanakamura, now that she is full-time at Stardom and has been marketed as a key member of Stardom, She's now the leader of, of her squad, the, the, the Tokyo Cyber Squad, the faction, um, the unit, unit, I forgot the word, the unit is what they call it. Um, now that she's a centerpiece, she has improved business. Um, you know, where maybe they would draw 600, maybe sometimes it's 650 or 800. You know, it's by sheer number, it's not a lot, but when you look at the business of stardom, she is having an impact of, you know, 30%, 20%, uh, you know, in dollars, it may not be the biggest amount in the world, but for stardom, it is a noticeable impact. And you can look and go, Hannah Kimura started here and business has risen. 
And because WWE is a brand and maybe even AEW is a brand and everything is a brand, oftentimes it's hard to say for sure who is driving business or what is driving business. But that used to be a thing in wrestling. And Hanukkah is a rare wrestler where you could definitely show she's having an effect on stardom's business. And now that stardom is a part of Bushi Road, and Bushi Road can get her on um, what's the name of the reality show she's on right now? Terrace That's, House. Terrace House. Thank you. Uh, you know, will the rest of the country respond to Hanakamura the way the stardom base has responded to Hanakamura? Because there's that spark right now, you can say this could be something. So that's what makes Hanukkah different. If I was to list, and if I would, I don't even know if I'm going to do this. If I were to list my top 10 wrestlers of the year, and I think if anybody did, you have to put Hanukkah probably somewhere in the bottom 10, I would think, just because you can definitely see that she's had an impact in her world Um Maybe by dollars and cents, Becky Lynch rate, you know, makes more money because she has a platform. But probably by percentage-wise, per capita, probably Hannah Kimura is a bigger draw than people realize. I agree 100%. All right. Yeah, so she's, I mean, she... I, I hope when people hear me talk about stardom, they go just don't go, oh, Jim's talking about stardom because he he worked for stardom, so he likes stardom. If there wasn't a Hannah Kimura that is drawing business, I wouldn't be talking about it because it wouldn't be a story. And stardom is almost a, a kind of a gateway, I'll call it a drug, whatever you want to call it, to, to finding other Joshi promotions out there, I think, that you know people see stardom first and then start Googling names and start YouTubing names and start uh, finding other things. And you that's know, how I found... Go ahead. No, go ahead. You found who? No, I found uh, Emmy Sakura's Gato Move by doing Google searches for some of the names that were in stardom. And I, I, my, I have a... a, a, a <laughs> I'm dying for you and Fumi to talk about uh, Gato Move, uh, this little promotion that uh, Emmy Sakura's got going on. So that's my big request to you and Fumi is to, to do a little ch- chat about Gato Move. Um, I, I can try. I, I, I don't, you know, I pitch a lot of things. I'm not saying he will. I'm not saying he won't. It's just sometimes for whatever reason, either he doesn't think it's a big story or he doesn't feel he has enough knowledge. You know, there's, there's a lot of reasons or he'd just rather talk about something else. So yeah. we, we, we shall see. Gato move. I'll, I'll let you do a little bit about Gato move. It's in this little tiny room uh, it's 20 people sitting 20 people standing there's no ring it's just a mat it's emmy sakura and her her girls are wrestling mat based wrestling they jump off the walls they do all kinds of stuff it's just it was a really cool experience to go see live and i would suggest anybody uh to go uh youtube it they, they put channels or they put matches on the youtube channel all the time i, I think you'd get a kick out of it jim I will, I will check it out um because you know what i need more wrestling in my life that's <laughs> that's that's what i need but it's so different. It's kind of neat to see you got Kenny Omega wrestled there like in 2013 on the little mat and stuff. So it's just real cool to go back and see these all these different people that uh, have performed this tiny little mat. It's it's just real neat. It's very Japanese. It's it's really cool. There are so many promotions in Japan, and 
you know, so I've got a friend here in the Seattle area who loves Joshi wrestling. And as a matter of fact, um, he wrote a book on ice ribbon last year. And when I was at Shinkiba, I, he was there and I know he's been to Tokyo before and done it before. I just know he was going to be there that year. And I was like, Oh yeah, there he is. And I was talking with Sonny and I was like, Oh yeah, I, I know that guy right there. And he goes, Oh yeah, him. Yeah. He sometimes travels with us. Oh yeah. I know him. And it's <laughs> like, yeah, of course you do. Well, uh, Jim, I, I want to thank you for your time. I sincerely appreciate you taking the time to chat with me. Uh, can you let me know where you can uh, find you on social media? Hey, could I ask you something before we go? Absolutely. Did I do okay on the pay-per-view, on the starting pay-per-view? Oh, you did great. Yeah. No, I, okay. I, I loved it. I, yeah, you know, you did great. I wouldn't have known it was your first time doing commentary for stardom if I didn't know. You know what I mean? You, you, you couldn't tell. I mean, so I mean, it was, for the most part, well-received, and some people didn't like it. I mean, that's just going to happen. I did, you know, I have a lot of regrets. I, um, you know, sometimes in the moment you really, you know, there was a lot to process there. Commentary is hard. Um, it is, it's not just calling moves. It's telling a story. It's, um, working with your partner. It's, you know, and also sometimes, you know, for example, there was a lot of talk about, um, uh, um, be Priestley at that time and, um, the, uh, the queen's landing, the Japanese ocean cyclone suplex. <laughs> and there was a lot of talk before the pay-per-view about the name of the move. And I was under the impression that she was going to do that move in the show. Controversy aside, I was given that impression that it was going to be very likely. So during her match, I talked about it and that it never happened. And I saw that some people <laughs> were like, why did he even bring that up? It never happened. Well, I was under the impression. Um, I also totally messed up and called it the tequila sun or the, uh, the, the sunset instead of the sunrise. And that drove me crazy. Um, you know, it drove me absolutely crazy with, with Momo Watanabe and her match. And it was just, I was so mad at myself and I killed myself for that. So if you saw that, I realized it after the fact. And I was like, oh, I, cause I studied everything. I knew the move, but for some reason when, you know, the, the way the move works, you know, when she does that backdrop in my mind, I was saying sunrise but the visual of the way she moves, it put me in the mind of sunset. She also sort of has a t-shirt that looks, it's a sunrise, but it looks mm -hmm. sunset. So it, I just said it and I knew it, but I still messed it up and I regret it. And I'm sure some people were like, he's an idiot. And you know something, I deserve it for that one. But no, um, I mean, I'm sure if you're Jim Ross or somebody every Wednesday night, you get, you get all the hate you want, you know, oh, yeah. for, for slipping something, you know, so it's. I don't know. Before you knock it, try it, guys, you know? Yeah, I mean, and here's the thing is I see, you know, people were, you know, think Excalibur is great, but I think he's gotten so good now because he describes some of the motivations 
and some of the psychology and tells the story of the match and then adds the moves. And it re- you know, that's kind of the purpose is to help define the characters, tell the story of what they what they're doing in the ring in, in a kayfabe way, not insult the audience. You know, not you don't want to look stupid because otherwise the promotion looks stupid. There's a there's a lot of factors to to consider. And that that's a whole show unto itself. But I really like stardom. I'm glad so many fans of stardom have been so nice to me. And, uh, you know, if I don't get to do it again, that's great. That's fine. I got to do it once. It was super cool. And and it will always have a soft spot in my heart. That's great, Jim. Again, uh, thank you again for joining me. Uh, where can we find you on uh, on Twitter? You're at Jim Valley. Where else can we find you on? Uh, you know, I I, uh, I do uh, I do Instagram at Jim underscore Valley because somebody else got Jim Valley before I did. So Jim underscore Valley on Instagram. You know, my wife and I travel a lot. If I love those to, pictures, I love seeing all that. You know, we do a whole podcast on travel. You can find it on Twitter at the best trip ever. And you can find, look for me, Jim Valley on, um, uh, YouTube. And we do some, you know, we video and put up some video reviews and video podcast about some of the places we go under the best trip ever. So you can find those also on YouTube. Awesome. Thank you. And I want to tell people, listen to the, subscribe to the wrestling observer, listen to the wrestling observer live, listen to the Portland WrestleCast, listen to the Pacific Rim podcast with Fumi. I mean, Dave and Brian do such a great job with that site. And, and I've learned so much about the history of Japanese women's professional wrestling by reading back issues of The Observer, which would come with the, the subscription. So, I mean, it's well worth the value. And uh, your show with Fumi alone, I think, is worth the uh, subscription value. Yeah, no, I really, it, it was really kind of luck how we ended up on the, the Observer site that I came in the idea of, of running the Portland WrestleCast and then I put it out there on Twitter and Dave was like, hey, why don't you bring that to the Observer? And then he goes, hey, what about Fumi's show? Bring that too. And that's literally how, how it happened. So no, it's awesome. I really appreciate Dave and they're both amazing. And yeah, you, you learn so much from them from a business side, from a historical side. It's, it's invaluable. Absolutely. So again, Jim, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it very much. Anytime you can. I really appreciate it, Eric. Thank you for having me. Take care. We want to thank our friends at Quiet White Designs for helping with this podcast. If you're a wrestler or a wrestling promotion needing an awesome design for a t-shirt, sticker, pin, patch, and so much more, reach out to the team at Quiet White Designs. Search Quiet Wyatt, Q-U-I-E-T-W-Y-A-T-T, one word on Facebook. You can also find some of their designs on Redbubble. Quiet Wyatt Designs is one of the sponsors for Thunder Rosa, who's done a couple of tours with Stardom, for her first MMA fight on November 8th at Freedom Coliseum in San Antonio, Texas. Kick some butt, Thunder Rosa, and get a kick-butt design from Quiet Wyatt Designs.